Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball. Well, we we are going to talk about the uh, first two games of this four-game series versus the Seattle Mariners. And so far, so good. Let's bring in Tom. Tom, what is up, buddy? Good morning. Good morning, Rob. Uh, I've got the caffeine, ready to rock and roll. Uh, the Strohs are looking real strong against the team they're supposed to beat. Uh, so I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling great. If you go back to the Oakland series, uh, we kind of touched on it the last podcast that uh, didn't really seem like they were trying to win. It also didn't seem like Dusty was putting a winning lineup out there. But when they announced the lineup for Thursday against the Mariners, they're they're ready to go. They're Dusty put out a lineup that says, I want to win this. Yeah, it's clear that he was trying to steal a game or two, steal some time for his players in Oakland. So he played a bunch of guys that are, are role reserve guys. And now you're starting to see the, the the lineup that we're more accustomed to, all the big boppers where they're supposed to be. Really intrigued uh, moving Yuli to the top. I think that worked out really well. Curious to see if that keeps going. But, uh, yeah. I have a note about that. Yuli is 5 for 11 when batting second. I was going to save that for later, but. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, that's pretty awesome. But anyway, so. You kind of think, some fans may think, you know, oh, no, they got swept by Oakland. They're in trouble. They need to get some uh, some help with a deadline. And then they come out and do this. So they they responded to it well. And like, like we both said, it doesn't even seem like they were trying to win, but they definitely were trying to win against the Mariners, and they were quite successful. Starting pitcher on Thursday, Jose Urquidy who could be dealt by the Astros is the rumor. And uh, I think that was his like eighth straight quality start. What do you think about Urquidy, bud? I think Urquidy has been great. Uh, if, if I, my memory serves correct, he was he was working on a cutter and he ditched that. And ever since he ditched that pitch, he's just been a different guy. And uh, I hope that if he is dealt, it is for, you know, something of value. I read a New York Times post that talked about Josh Bell and uh, supposedly Washington's price is pretty high. So I don't want Urquidy just to be dealt just for the sake of dealing him. I think he's the best uh, player that they have on their roster to fetch the greatest return and value. So if you're going to feel, if you're going to find like a a controllable asset for more than just a rental, I think you use Urquidy like Brian Reynolds, I think out of Pittsburgh, 
he's somebody, okay, he's got more control or Ian Happ, who's got an extra year of control. Maybe you use Arkady for that. But for somebody like Josh Bell, I hope that's not what it costs. I think a lot of teams wanted the pitcher from the Reds, Luis Castillo. And while they were playing Saturday night, I mean, uh, Friday night, I'm so confused to what day it was. <laughs> but Friday night, uh, it was announced that the Mariners landed him. They paid a very steep price for him. They gave away three of their top five prospects. And uh, the 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 commentary on Twitter was hilarious. You know, the Astros are in the midst of blowing the doors off of, of the Mariners. And they like the knee jerk reaction everybody was saying was like, trade all your prospects to get a, an ace in here because they clearly were not on level with Robbie Ray. And uh, they've had really good success with them two times in a row. Yeah. So let's get to the game. It was pretty much the Alex Bregman show, buddy, these first two games. Uh, Alex Bregman, two-run homer, brought in Jordan, bottom of the first. We're up 2-0. to zero. Uh, Ty France had a sack fly in the third, made it 2-1. to one. They scored from third on a ground out. We're all tied up till we go to the bottom of the eighth when Bregman brought in Yuli with an RBI double, and then he scored on a wild pitch, 4-2. to two. That was the final score. Not a lot of scoring. But uh, great pitching. Urquidy, six and two-thirds, four hits and two runs, two walks and three strikeouts. Montero, no runs, no hits, no walks on a, in an inning and third. And then uh, Presley, one inning, one hit, two strikeouts, save number 21. So touch on these. Presley had the, what was it, 32 consecutive batters out streak in a row and it ended in the ninth inning on on thursday how amazing is he and what do you think about this game overall with alex bregman so presley is dominant and it's it's one of those things that you really hope for from your closer right you want that fear to be instilled across the league when they think about man nobody's hitting this guy it's it's uh it's like a luxury to have that you know that different element where some teams feel like okay we have success against this guy maybe we can get to him so for Presley to be where he's at that's that's huge and then the Urquidy start I mean I can't talk to it enough because this was a team that had his number you know going into his last start against them he had like a ten ERA against them he was zero and three and that was like his kryptonite well he's had two back to back starts against the team. And basically shut them down. And then Alex Bregman, you know, in the in the preseason, everybody talked about for this team to be really good, Alex Bregman was going to have to be really good. And while I don't think he was bad, he just wasn't to the level that we thought we needed him to be. And now when you look at where he's at in the lineup, if Alex Bregman is going to drive in runs like that, he makes the lineup so deadly because that 3-4-5 with him, Jordan, and Tucker, it's like, Pick your poison. You're going to have to put one of these guys on base. You really can't afford to just walk Jordan because he's got the protection that he needs in Alex Bregman. Yeah. Uh, it was a, I think it was about two weeks ago that I said Jordan and uh, I think you'd have to help me with my memory. I think Tucker, Jordan and Tucker are leading the Astros and RBIs. And I said, without looking, who's number three? And barely anybody could get it right. It was Alex Bregman. He was third in RBIs. I mean, it's it could say a lot for where he's at in the lineup, always having opportunities. But surprisingly, he's 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 doing better than most people think, and uh, he really uh, shined this series. Uh, so Bregman two for four with three RBIs. He scored twice. The Astros very efficient. Four runs on six hits. Two for six. 
runners in scoring position, and they left five on base. And then you go to Friday, Justin Verlander, JV Day. This is going to take a lot. This is going to take a lot for me to go over these. Bottom of the second, Diaz solo home run. Alvarez RBI single in the third, two to zero. Bregman two run double. Yuli and Jordan come in. We're up four to zero. Bottom of the fourth, Bregman RBI single brings in Yuli five to zero. Jordan Alvarez home run number thirty, and I believe they said there, there's something about that, right? He's the the quickest Astro to to thirty. Home runs, like in a season? Correct. He's only uh, officially played 84 games a season, so he's the fastest Astro to ever get to 30 home runs, games-wise. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Pena had a sack fly, 7-0. Dubon, two-run homer, 9-0. to zero. He brought in Tucker. Uh, bottom of the seventh, Jake grounded out, and Matichevic scored. We are rolling at 10-0. to zero. Julio Rodriguez, who didn't play the last time, we face Seattle. He drove in the only run, 10 to 1. And then Diaz, another home run, solo home run, 11 to 1. That was the final. JV, 7 and 2 thirds, five hits, only one run and only one walk, five strikeouts, picks up win number 14. And this 14 wins and 19 starts for JV is the fastest in his career to get 14 wins. So, what can you say about uh, JV? And also, look at, and they brought in Abreu, and he actually did pretty good. Me and you were both negative about Abreu. We didn't want to see him in there. We cringed, but he's actually doing pretty decent. So I feel like Brian Abreu in non leverage spots is great. I feel like he has occasionally an issue filling up the zone. <clears throat> I feel like Phil Maton's like that right now, too. But uh, the, the, the stuff that he possesses has never been a question. He's got electric stuff, a, a really good pitch selection uh, to choose from. He's just not always filling up the strike zone, and he's walks batters. But in a spot where there's not a whole lot of leverage, the Astros, you know, were batting against a position player on the other side. He came in and looked great. And then what more can you say about Justin Verlander that we haven't already said? I think that fans need to start, you know, chanting Cy Young in the bleachers at games because – for me, he's the favorite. You know, he, I think his ERA is down to 1.81, obviously 14 wins. I mean, the list goes on and on of all the things where he's just at the top. And the guy's 39. It's it's amazing. Uh, I know I, I was on Twitter last night, and uh, the fans are starting to get it. I think they, they need to pay him whatever it is that he wants, and he needs to retire an Astro. Oh, yeah. So you remember the question you, you posed one episode about and it, and it could have been it might have actually been uh one of those polls on on tv but it was which of these superstars are going to win an award and it was Pena rookie of the year Jordan MVP and JV Cy Young and I think I said uh, JV if I, I I think and you said Pena what how do you stand now it's tough uh I still like where I'm at with Pena I think he's he's gonna finish really well the Julio Rodriguez hype train is probably, you know, off the off the tracks at this point. And he did the home run derby, like you suggested Jordan do. So and it's amazing what something like that will do, you know. It just it just really pumps him up. I think their numbers are comparable, to be honest, but I, I know that he's the flashy, you know, bright, shiny new penny. 
So he's 21, you know, got that whole Juan Soto thing going on where it's like, oh my God, he's this amazing at this age. So I think where you're at with, with JV as Cy Young looks like a steal because it's going to take a lot. They're going to place a lot of bad teams. He might win 20 some odd games. And how do you beat that? I don't, I don't know that McClanahan from Tampa or, or any of these other guys are going to be able to mess with what he's going to, what his numbers are going to look like at the end of the season. Yeah. So Yuli went two for four hitting in the two spot. Alvarez three for three with two runs batted in Bregman two for four. He drove in three. Diaz, three for five. He drove in two. Dubon went two for three. So much offense. And this is not something JV's accustomed to. It's like the guys thought uh, JV was pitching Thursday and Urquidy was pitching Friday. And I know I always say the the uh, run support, but that had to be nice for JV to get that run support. In this postgame, uh, I watched it and it was kind of interesting. Like he spoke to it too. He honestly didn't feel as great about his start as everybody else did. I mean, the fans gave him a standing O as he walked out, you know, he tipped his cap, but uh, you know, he didn't feel like he had the the great stuff that he's accustomed to. Didn't strike out a ton of batters, but was able to go deep into the game. And uh, he was like, at, at the end of it, he was like, and you know, it's nice, you know, to have the guys bopping away. So just a great game all the way around. So the Astros scored 11 runs on 15 hits and uh, they left 12 guys on base. The Astros are now 66. And 35, Seattle is 12 games behind them. So it didn't feel like the Oakland series mattered at all. And you also said that we got swept by Oakland, but the Yankees also got swept. So that speaks good for us for the number one seed. But I've spoke on this before. One seed, two seed, I don't care. Because it's a a big advantage now, the way they uh, change the postseason. Who would be your players of the series at this point. So pitcher, I really like Jose Arquiti. I think again, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I think that for everything that's going on with all the trade speculation, this is two times in a row yeah. that you pass over JV because you expect it from him. I know. I know. But it's one of those things like I can't, you know, I can't, I, I, I wish can't. I could remember my old coach's name, coach Rose. I think. Yeah. Start calling you Tom Rose. <laughs> I, I I know, or I, I know, like I think I just feel like it was harder for Akiti to do what he did. Right? This is a team that that obviously, like we've talked about, was was very successful against him, and this is the second time in a row. In Justin Verlander's post game, he said it's really tough to go against a team two times in a row because they kind of see everything and they kind of remember you. Didn't matter. So for me, it's Jose Akiti, and then I want to say Jordan Alvarez because I always want to say Jordan Alvarez, but it's, but it's Alex Bregman. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. Alex Bregman. Um, he he definitely did it all on Thursday. Uh, he, he drove in three runs, scored the fourth run, and then continued it again yesterday. So, Alex Bregman. I think I like Urquidy as well. You know, he, get, he pitched six and two-thirds, only allowed two runs on four hits, which is pretty awesome. And the thing about if you want to compare him to JV is that he didn't have 11 runs of run support. He only had two and he actually didn't even get the win. Montero got the win, but overall, I mean, we'll still do the players of the series. So we'll see what happens. See if somebody can take this away from these guys, but it's going to be tough. I don't even, yeah. did they announce who's going to pitch these next two games? Cause it used to be de- to be determined. 
they did. I believe it's Frambert tomorrow and Odo the day after. Mm. Did he get that blister fixed? Uh, I guess. I mean, when they talked to Dusty after the game, they said he'd be fine, that he would miss a start. He said they have so much stuff now, you know, tough skin or, you know, whatever that kind of like helps them along. So. All right. So I got some notes here. Let me go over the ones that I didn't touch on during the show. Uh, what is it? Trout is out. I saw some post that Mike Trout is out for it's kind of a weird thing, right? It's not. So he has a rare back condition. I'm, I'm assuming it's discs um, as someone who go. also has a disc issue with his lower back. Uh, and it's tough, especially for what he's trying to do, you know, swinging a baseball bat, something like that. They said that that's something that he's going to have to deal with for the rest of his career. Trout came out and said, look, this isn't the end of my career. It's just, you know, something I got to deal with. He's still really, really good, but I think they're trying to be really cautious with him, especially in a lost season. So I don't know if we see a whole lot of Mike Trout, which sucks for my fantasy team because he is on my fantasy team, Mm. but, uh, (laughs) I'll figure it out. The last thing I want to touch on is uh, the missions. I saw this a couple hours ago. Someone wrote it this morning. But the missions, they are the double-A team of the Padres. And they can actually lose their team if they don't upgrade their stadium. And that is why they were the triple-A team for the Brewers, and they lost that with the realignment because – they have a bad stadium, and I didn't even know the stadium was bad until I was able to talk to some players that played there, and they were saying they don't have an indoor uh, batting cage. There are just a lot of things that they don't have that, as a fan, when you go to the game, you can't really tell that it's a bad stadium. I mean, it's nowhere near as cool as uh, Waterburger Field, but uh, anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. I know uh, a vast majority of the listeners are from Houston, and we thank you a lot for listening. I think we broke another record, buddy. I think last weekend, or I don't know when it was, but we do appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. And now it's time for Fair or Foul. Let's do it. All righty. All right, so number one, no specific order. These are just randomly uh, put down here. But number one, playing the lottery, fair or foul? <laughs> so for me, it's foul. I feel like you've got better odds being struck by lightning. You've got better odds. And I, and I'm assuming we're talking about like the Texas lottery, the one that just went to like $1.1 billion or whatever. Now, that being said, my dad, he watches it and I feel like it gets to a certain number. And then he's like, he, t- he calls me, my little brother, my little sister, play the lottery, play the lottery. And I'm always like, dad, you know, like, the odds of you winning that are just ridiculous, but you can't tell him. He's he's set in his ways. Um, Someone's got to win it. That's what he says. That's what he says every time. And he'll buy I guarantee you. I guarantee you, everyone that wins it didn't think they were going to win it. Ooh, maybe that's the argument for me to play then because I have no faith. I'm, I, I feel like you're lighting that on fire. As someone who plays DraftKings and FanDuel, I'd rather spend my money there. That's what I want to do. I need to get into that. Let me know. I'll hook you up. All right. But playing the lottery for me, I mean, I guess if the question is people playing the lottery, I would say fair. If that's what they want to do, if that's what they want to spend their money on, if they want to, you know, have a little hopes that maybe they'll try to get rich and have a better life. But I don't play it. So as far as that, like whether or not I play it, it's foul. I don't I never play the lottery. 
because some guys at work or, you know, they ask, Hey, would you quit if you hit the lottery? And I'm like, I'm never going to hit the lottery because I don't do, I don't play it. But I'm all about gambling on sports. That's why that's one thing I love about going to Vegas, waking up early, making all your sports bets. It's just so fun to bet on sports. All right. Number two, I thought you might talk about this when you, uh, Brought up Mike, well, when I brought up Mike Trout, but the Angels will deal Shohei Otani. I can't see it. I, I feel like that's foul. I just can't see it. I understand, like, I see both sides of it, right? The, the amount of talent you could get back for a Shohei Otani would really help jumpstart your team, like, rebuilding. But at the same time, it's Shohei Otani. Like, he's one in a once in a generation talent you know like we we don't have anyone else like him and they're the only comparison is like Babe Ruth you know like that's just crazy but I don't know if I don't know if the Angels could like withstand the backlash that they would get from trading Shohei Otani like I I feel like they they trade Trout before they trade Otani I don't know what his uh what his contract is I don't know how many years he has left I know uh, Trout signed like a 14-year deal, so he's there forever. But I don't think Otani signed to be there forever. I know he was the international signing, and I don't know why he chose the Angels. But uh, did you know that since Otani has been with the Angels, they have a losing record? Yeah. and, and it's, 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 no, it's like 493 or something like that. And it's no fault of his own. It's just no. like... They've they've struck out on these big signings because they can't have them on the field at the same time. So Anthony Rendon, they brought him in, paid him a ton of money. He's been injured. Mike Trout, you know, fourteen year deal, been injured. So Tony's been kind of carrying a little by himself, and it's it's to the point now where you you can basically pitch right around him, and yeah, he'll win his one start and be electric and phenomenal, and then the next four guys get lit up. You know, they brought in Noah Syndergaard. Hasn't been good. So it's it's no fault of his own. Speaking to his contract, he only makes $5 million this year because of the international stuff, but I believe they only have control for like two more years. So he was actually approached about that recently, and he was very noncommittal. He was very, I'm an angel now, and you know I'm always going to play hard for my team. I can't speak to anything else. Said all the things that you don't want to hear, right? Sound yeah. a lot like Aaron Judge, which Aaron Judge sounds like. If you listen to if you listen to him post game and when they talk about it, he's basically like, if I'm here, I'm here. If I'm not, I'm not. And it's not like I want to retire a Yankee, you know? Yeah, somebody will pay those guys. Uh, but I think it is foul. I don't think they'll deal him. They might deal him on his last year, but I mean, I don't know who would take that as a rental, maybe I guess. But uh, I, it would be nice to have him for the Astros. But somebody had asked me. I was on, and and I'm not like name dropping or anything but i was on a radio station with uh in new orleans or baton rouge somewhere in louisiana and that's what the guy asked me about otani if like do you think that the angels should just have him pitch only or be in the offense if you had to do one or the other and i said i think they should just use him as a pitcher because they never have good pitching what do you think I agree, but man, that that's a big bat you lose in your lineup. Like, it's not like his numbers are horrible. I, I don't think he's to the level of Jordan and Judge offensively, but clearly he's you know head and shoulders are above the average Joe. Oh, yeah. So, um, 
he definitely what he does on the mound, I think, is is better than what he does at the plate. But yeah, it'd be tough. He's a good pitcher. So I mean, I, I, I just said that because they never have good pitching. They spend money on third baseman, outfielder, Shohei Otani. But uh it would suck to be an Angels fan. It'd be better <laughs> it'd be better than being an Oakland A's fan, but all right, number three. The team, because they're I, I know this guy's gonna get dealt somewhere. The team who lands Soto could be the favorite to win the World Series. So I don't know that they're gonna trade him. Uh, Jeff Passan is kind of making it sound like it's like a, a thing, but I also read somewhere that the Washington Nationals are gonna make one more last ditch effort to sign this guy. They better to hurry. Offer him, to offer him one more contract and then they're gonna trade him. So Jeff Passan called it 80%. I I've heard nonstop that the Padres were the team. So if he goes there, I don't know. I mean, they still got to go through the, through the Dodgers. If the Dodgers get him, which I'll be disgusted because it just shouldn't have the ability to get a guy yeah. like that, especially when they just traded, you know, whatever was all their top tier prospects to get Mookie Betts and Trey Turner, you know, in back-to-back seasons. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you couldn't pick the Dodgers to win it all if they ended up somehow landing Juan Soto. You brought up the Padres. Another thing that I saw this morning was that the Padres extended Joe Musgrove. And we had uh, spoke about the, you know, losing what what, uh, guy you could lose that would break your heart. And Joe Musgrove was somebody that, I was kind of upset. That, I can't remember who we traded him for, but I was kind of upset that they traded him. That could be JV, right? And the J. Who did no, we get? It was Garrett. We... It was Garrett Cole. They sent him to Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, Garrett Cole played for Pittsburgh. All right, so I can't uh, knock that trade. <laughs> no, you can't. You really can't. But that was somebody that I hated to lose, and they extended his contract like for five years. So, congrats to that guy. And so I didn't even answer my question, but I, I mean, it's kind of like it depends on who gets them. I mean, it's gonna it's got to be someone that's in contention if they're just gonna have a rental. But uh, if the Astros get him, I think the Astros are already the favorite. But that really puts them over the top. Do you think the Astros need him to win it all? What are their so, chances now? And then when you add them, that's what I want to know. Oh, if they add them, it's it's World <laughs> Series. I mean, everybody already can't stand the Astros lineup as is, and you put Juan Soto in the top of it. Like, pfft, come on, forget about it. I just don't know if I could gut my entire farm system knowing that we would never pay him. I just can't see a scenario where even if Juan Soto is 25 or whatever, that Jim Crane would back the Brinks truck up to this man's house to pay him a a half of a billion dollars over 10 years or 12 years or whatever. Um, I'd be interested to see if, if Juan Soto would take a shorter deal and then you pay him. Like I think Crane's been okay with that but I feel like he's trying to be, you know, just the highest paid player that ever lived. Oh yeah. I agree with that. All right. Number four. Did I answer number three? Oh yeah. I said, it depends on who it is, but I would say fair because it's going to be a contender. All right. Number four, fast food restaurants that have, I guess if they have breakfast menu, they should have breakfast all day. Kind of like Cracker Barrel, Barrafowl absolutely fair i'm such a breakfast guy i i hate 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 
and I don't even like McDonald's, but if when McDonald's stops their breakfast menu, I feel like they're just doing it wrong. I want breakfast every every meal of the day when I can get it. So the ones that that stop serving breakfast or or like the places that are just brunch where they're only open from like seven to three breakfast and, and lunch. I'm always upset because if I want if I wanted to get breakfast at dinner time, I can't be the only one. I feel like other people would do it too, just like Cracker Barrel. We do it. Growing up, we did it. My mom would give us breakfast for dinner sometimes, and I don't have a problem with it. But I, I say, I mean, I don't know how hard that would make it to run the restaurant with both menus because I'm pretty sure that they probably have everything set up for breakfast and then they you know, they, they switch it all out with the lunch and dinner menu. So I, it might be hard, but I think it would be fair to be able to go in at seven o'clock at night and get a egg McMuffin or something. If you're craving breakfast, I think that would be pretty cool. And number five, and I don't mean the Broadway musical, but cats. And I, I believe there, cause we did fair found back when I did Sunday Stroh's and uh, I know we've had to have brought this up, but, it kept screaming out to me. I was scrolling through Facebook and there was cat pictures. It could have been the same crazy cat person. But what do you think, buddy? You like cats? I do. My allergies don't. So I don't own any. Um, but if I did have a pet, it'd probably be a cat. I love the fact that you're able to just like set them up, litter box, food, water, forget them. That's you the know, only positive. uh the the negative for me is they destroy your furniture uh you have to literally either declaw them or you know come up with ways to protect your furniture but um and they're evil (laughs) i I hate cats i I have the allergy as well but i really hate cats oh man it's tough you might lose a a follower or two over that comment no (laughs) i mean if somebody said they hate dogs i wouldn't care but i don't have a pet all we have is like 9,000. Uh, my wife has a garden outside and she went to Florida. I sent her to Florida to visit her son. Oh, dude. I had to water all that stuff before I went to work yesterday. I was sweating. I took a shower. I got dressed and I was sweating again. I couldn't stop sweating. And uh, I'm going to have to do that. Now I go to the day shift. So I'm going to have to do it tonight before the game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to do it. Until August 5th. I'm not looking forward to it at all. Yeah, that's the only that's the only downside about having a garden is it's work. It's it's real work. You got to be in there taking care of weeds, taking care. Of, I mean, they're babies. And uh, my dad did it when I was a kid. But that's probably one thing I would say would be foul. Like, you'll never catch me with a garden. You probably catch me with a pet before you, a cat <laughs> or a pet before you catch me with a, a garden. Yeah, I would love to have a dog. But just the responsibility, I, I mean, it's like I want a dog like when you were a kid, when you just had the dog and you didn't take care of it and you could go do stuff and you don't have to worry about it. But it's like having a kid because you got to find someone to take care of it if you go out of town. And I, I like to go to games. I like to go. I like to take road trips. And I I just can't have one because I don't want to put that responsibility on someone else. Hey, can you watch my dog? Can you watch my dog? And that would be the the positives of having a nasty cat. As you could <laughs> set them up and go out of town, they'd be fine. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I've got a buddy that's got a dog and a cat. And 
he's always like looking for help with the dog. And then it's like, Hey, can you, can you help with the cat? But it's always just like, just put some food down and uh, make sure the litter box isn't crazy. So it's so much easier. All right, buddy. You got some final thoughts? As usual. Uh, I think that I believe the Astros are still going to make a move uh, regardless of what the cost is. I hope that Urquidy's not part of it. Um, to be honest with you, I'd rather see, you know, maybe Christian Javier. I know that sounds dirty to say. It really doesn't. No? No. I don't I mean I hope they don't trade any starters, but I can see where the glut, you know, the 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 log jam is. What what about if you move those guys to the bullpen? Because that's where they were in 2020. That'd be good too, but I just don't know. I just don't know if that's the same as going out and getting somebody. No. Uh and and, and I think the 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 one glaring thing is we still don't have a left-handed guy. I know that Dusty likes to say that his right-handed guys are reverse splits guys, but um, I don't know. It, it, this team's so good. I just feel like, yes, they make a move. Great. I think I think some people are going to be really disappointed if they don't. But if Yuli's going to hit like this in the two-hole, you don't need a first baseman. Maldi looks good catching. You don't need a catcher. Center field, I'd like to I, – maybe I'd like to upgrade a little bit, but – I just don't know that I want to spend for it. I don't know that I want to give up, you know, top tier prospects or, you know, one of our starters for a guy that one, you're going to rent and that two, you probably don't want to pay him either. If, you know, it comes that time. So we'll see. Yeah. Either way, uh, love what the Astros are doing against the Mariners. Really look forward to them getting another win today and then get another series victory and keep, keep chasing the Yankees. Are you a Jake Myers or a, or a uh, Chaz McCormick guy. First game of the playoffs, who you starting? D- no, no matter if there's a lefty starting or a righty or whatever, I, it doesn't matter. I was a Jake Myers guy for the longest time, and and, and it I'm was not. like he looked he looked so good at the plate before he got hurt. His defense was there, and since he's been back, he's just not been the same guy. I really think Chaz going the opposite way has been really good. So. And, and I feel like his defense has been pretty good too, but do I feel great about either of them in center field? No. Not really. I also read something about uh, Jose Siri is a really good trade piece as well. And if we're not going to use him, I mean, we DFA'd, uh, not DFA, but we demoted Chaz. And he can't, you know, when, but Brantley's hurt and he came back and he's still here producing, I believe. Uh, Diaz produces. I think uh, they could move the the uh, lineup around where Diaz starts when you go to the playoffs. I can see that as a possibility as well. So who knows? I, 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 I do think the Astros are going to go get people. I don't know how many. Sometimes they're like, well, we're already good enough, so we don't need anybody. But I don't know if you know teams like the Mariners making moves and the Yankees making moves will make them do that, but it, we'll see. I just can't see them doing nothing. They, they've said too much already to not do nothing. Yeah, for sure they'll do something. All right, so we got two more games against the Mariners. Um, we did what fair foul was we're going to win two games against the Mariners. You got that one. Did you say fair? We oh, both yeah. said fair because they had JV. Who yeah. knew they were going to win the first two? Did not. I think it's pretty awesome. So anyway, we appreciate you guys tuning in. And for Tom, we'll see you next time on Astros Baseball.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.